Hey. Hey, Mrs. Deathly. Hello. What sort of hot dogs do ghosts like? I don't know. Halloweeners. Oh... So I feel like next week, next fortnight, well, how often do these things come out? Fortnight. Fortnightly. Um, you need to you bring me some the awful jokes. Bi-weekly. Bi-weekly. I've got plenty of awful jokes. Are they ghost-related? No. We'll start doing a podcast about dogs, maybe. Yeah. Dogcast. Yeah. Dorian. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Um, as 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 uh, my my good lady wife, Mrs. Didi Deathly, has uh, sort of introduced. My name is Dorian Deathly, and you are that that's you again. Oh me, I thought yeah. you meant them. Well, they can't answer. It's not a, it's not. Yeah, a phone that's why in. I was just weird and silent. <laughs> this is exactly how we started last week. Um, but who 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 are you? who are you? A calamity. I am your wife, Mrs. Deathly. Give me a full title, please. Didi Deathly. Do it again. Who are you? <laughs> Tell me who you are. I am Mrs. D. D. Deathly. That's good. Confident. That's what we how did you get in here? What do you want? What are you I doing with that chicken? I use the door and the chicken is my friend. His name is Paolo. Okay. It's good to know. He's very well behaved. Not made a single, single sound. Like a... <laughs> oh. <laughs> Down, Paolo. Startled me. Is he a ghost chicken? Is he a... Don't do it. Is he a... Don't. Uh, is he a... Poultry guys. No, he's not. Oh, okay. I thought you, you, know, you can have it. He's <laughs> totally fine. Um, well, welcome, friends, to episode three of this um, rampant and perhaps slightly aggressive nonsense that is the Deathly Dark podcast. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What are we talking about this week? Who knows? We span the wheel of banter and it gave us three numbers. Those numbers correlated to three topics. <laughs> None of this happened. I'm just trying to make it sound a little bit more exciting. We got a bit of paper out, a little biro, and we just wrote down some stuff that's happened to us. Um, we watched Ghost Watch. Oh, we did, didn't we? Ghost Watch. So we'd be talking about that, uh, some of the modern interpretations, and sort of where, uh, what, what avenues that genre of storytelling took things down. That was articulate, wasn't it? That sort of, well done. Hey, I just went full Shatner then. We're going to talk about some of the... Also, we'll be having a spooky story slash interview. Um, one that we played on the fireplace. This is uh, it's Ben Rosenfield, and it's, uh, it's one of my favourite stories, just because it's so ridiculous, involving jam, sheep, and old ladies. Three of my favourite things. <laughs> Give me a good a good jam sandwich, a Thank sheep, and jam. A, an old lady, that's Christmas D. Christmas D. That's Christmas D for me. <laughs> Christmas D all sorted out. <laughs> Lovely. Uh, we'll be recapping some of the stuff that's happened to us. Uh, what have we done since the last podcast? We did a tour. We did a little tour, didn't we? We did, we did yeah. a haunt. The mo, mo, mo. I, you know, I came up with the name of this thing. What is it called? Uh, Mysterious Murders and Deathly Deeds. There you go. You, you got it in one. Tour of York. And it, was, it went well. It was a departure. Yeah, it was not as scary as the usual stuff. Mm. A bit more entertainment and It was in the middle grossness. of the day, pretty much, as well, because we started at 8 o'clock in late July, so it was very sunny. Bright and noisy. And very, oh, the rowdiness. Oh, the cars. The, the sheer trouble banter. Unfiltered rowdiness of it all. Go back to sleep, York. Nobody wants it. <laughs> Outrageous. Um, we'll be sharing a couple of listener stories. A couple, by which I mean one. Is that right, or is it two? You, this is your bit. One and a half. One and a half. Mm-hmm. How do you do 1.5? I guess we'll find out. Hmm. And whose stories are those this week? Lauren Grosner. Oh, she well, yeah, she sent in the um, for the first fireplace all them weeks ago. Yes. And I believe we shared them. Um, and there were a couple that we, she sent over quite a few, and there were some that we didn't share. Indeed. So now we will share them. She's very good at telling her stories. Marvellous. And to cap it off, we will uh, talk about what we got coming up 
over the month of August and September. And maybe even October. You drink that water. <laughs> Squanch it. Blop. It's making that weird noise. It doesn't glomp, glomp, glomp. Blup. <laughs> how have you been? Oh, I've been good. Yeah, how have you been? Um, I've been good. I just, you know, that's what you're supposed to do in these things, do isn't you know, it? How have you been? How have you been? I've been all right. How's I how's keep remembering yesterday uh-huh. when we walked home from the fireplace and yes. we did an impromptu wall walk, which yeah. we shared with some people uh-huh. on the internet. Many of you probably saw it. That's what we do. I keep thinking about the spiky railing that we found that had a blackberry and a cheesy watsit on the top of it how did they get there what was the what was the story are they still there yeah i kind of want to walk that way home i'm not sure if we'll make it what time is it now it'll probably be closed we're recording this um well the day it goes out actually we're going to sort of we're deciding to do these quite close to the release just so we have maximum stuff to talk about because Think we maximum we were, stuff. Maximum stuff. We were going to talk. We were talking about maybe doing. We were going to record one quite soon after we released the last one, but then we realised that like forty-eight hours had passed and they weren't a particularly full forty-eight we've hours. We've not been doing that much. That's a blatant lie. Well, we hadn't in forty-eight hours. Not in those forty-eight hours, but in the the many forty-eight hours. Oh, we've hours, been doing a lot since It's then. all been. There it's you all, go. It's all piled in. It's all so we've got plenty to tell you about. It all in there and stuff. So um. Yeah, first of all, I hope you're all well. Thanks for joining us for the the third episode. Um, It's weird to think that one day we'll be like, it's the hundredth episode. We're going to make it. We're going to make it. Yeah. And then we'll do a hundred episodes and then we'll see what the deal is. That's quite a lot of episodes. (laughs) It is. It is, but it seems like a very wonderful number. I think it'll take us about two years to do a hundred episodes. So yeah, that'd be exciting. Ooh, hundred episodes. This isn't episode 100, this is episode 3, and we're going to crack on with it. <laughs> Ghost Watch. So, yes. I suppose I'll lead, shall I lead, lead the charge on this of one? Because Because I know quite a lot about Ghost Watch, yeah. and you know some stuff about Ghost Watch, but it was the first time you had watched Ghost That's Watch. That's true. Say yeah. Ghost Watch more, Dorian, definitely. Ghost Watch. Ghost Watch. Now, for those of you... The, 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 <clears throat> I think a moth just flew down my trachea. It's <laughs> <laughs> a kamikaze moth, just like, get him out. <laughs> oh, dusty. Mm, not bad. Cinnamon flavoured. Oh, that's, that's nice. Like, yeah, very considerate. Sort of gave himself a light seasoning before flying down my neck. Um, <laughs> Ghostwatch. <laughs> Ghostwatch uh, was released in 1992, uh, Halloween 1992, um, as a live supernatural slash paranormal investigation of a house which was haunted. Um, I can't remember the names of the family. That's terrible. Oh. Oh. It was something. This is where some unusual. form of, of notes would come in really good. Let Mrs. Me Death is going to pull up the old Wikipedia page because no doubt that's where we get most of our information from. Um, but it went out um, in uh, October uh, 31st, 1992, on the Beeb, the BBC, the British Broadcasting Network. And in the run up to it, obviously, this was, this was 28 years ago. So there were there were there was no Facebook, social media, internet as we know it now. Uh, it was word of mouth. It was the good old Radio Times, which for those of you not listening from the uh, from England, the UK, Radio Times was like a a thick magazine you would buy every week, and it would tell you what was on. And my mum used to circle things. She used to she used to plan her. Could you imagine actually having to tune into a certain channel mm. at a certain time? And if you weren't there. Do you can do one? You can't. That's it. You missed it. You can't. It's not going to be on uh, you Netflix. You later. can't sit there and, and watch it over and over and over again. You got to be there. It's like like the theatre. You got to turn up, set, settle yourself down, wait for the adverts to go for a wee. Mm-hmm. But there was a small article in the in something like the Radio Times in the run up to it that went out maybe August September, and it said um, what it was. It was a very small article because um, I think that they had to announce uh what the what that it wasn't real that was the, that, that was the thing they had to say in in print somewhere this isn't real in the radio times and they did it in a very discreet way long enough um in advance that by the time the event rolled around uh on on halloween 1992 they people that tuned in for it were very um no they were fooled they were they were they were bamboozled bushwhacked hoodwinked Stunned into a horrified silence, so it's it's framed as um, a a very legit 
investigation into this house where this family lives. It's the a, early family. The early family. And it's mum and the two daughters. Um, and they say that their house is haunted by a gentleman known simply as Pipes. And when you read that, like when you read it on, in, on the information page, you go, Pipes. But then when you say it, Pipes. It's just, it's a word that, it's a very clever word because it's, it's a very common word, but it's just got something to it. Does that, does that, you know, does that, you know what I mean? It's got a... I hear you, yeah. You know, it's not Mr. Pipes. Sir Pipes. He's, he's it's called that pipes. because they thought he was the plumbing. Yeah. And the, the sound of the original banging and stuff. And there's been all these incidents. Uh, the, the older the older girl, um, she's, she's had some, in, uh, she's been attacked. She has lacerations on her face. And there's a paranormal investigator who... Um, goes into the studio and that's the way it's framed wonderfully because you have the in the studio you have Michael Parkinson Parky himself which brings who's such more to trustworthy it. than Parky exactly it's like David Attenborough sitting in front of you and telling you something you just you're going to listen aren't you you're definitely going to oh, believe yeah. it um, so Parky talking about it kind of made it legit it made you go okay this is okay this this mm. and he plays it so wonderfully straight faced it's obviously all scripted mm-hmm, yeah um and then he has the paranormal investigator who's been working with the early family to investigate what's going on. And th- this night, they've decided to do this event. So they have the live from the studio and then they have the outside on the street. So um, where are the early family? Does, what does it say where they're based? Um, there, there's a crew down there. Uh, and the crew, uh, it's, uh, it's Sarah Green. And North Holt. North Greater Holt, London. Greater London. That most haunted of, um, of residential areas, mm. North Holt. Um, yes, and, and Sarah, so Sarah, Sarah Green was a very uh, popular TV host back in the 90s. Um, her husband was involved running the call centre. He was a chap, I don't think he quite had the, the same um, popularity, shall we say, as Sarah Green certainly had between a, a certain demographic of, um, of, of young red-blooded males. Um, whereas, and, and, then, and then you had uh, Craig Charles, uh, Lister, offer that red dwarf who uh, was like the man in the field. He was running around with a, a, a radio mic and he was interviewing people. Um, Sarah Green went into the house and they just kind of, they basically provoked the situation and off it went. And it played like a live event and you were bouncing back between the studio and the house. Uh, there were interviews with people, people calling in and sharing stories. And as the night went on, it just took a much more sinister turn than they imagined. And I, without, I don't want to give too much away about Ghost Watch because if you can hunt it down it's out, it's out on DVD now um, the aftermath of it I think is almost as interesting as the the DVD itself um, but one, one of my favourite little nuggets um, was that um, oh, what was I going to say I've completely blanked as to what I was going to say that was it that they, they scheduled in the Radio Times um, what running order things were going on and it was advertised as an hour long with a made up programme that came afterwards. So when it got to the time for the programme to end, uh, things were escalating so fast that Parkinson looks into the camera and very straightly says, we are going to remain with this until we uncover what's going. Obviously, things are unfolding and we want to stay with it to allow you to see what, what happens next. And that thing is what tipped it over for people. Mm-hmm. People watching it live. The show that was scheduled, it mm. must be. People are like, oh, this is an hour long. And suddenly it was like, no, no, we're going to stay with this as it unfolds. And I think that was the moment people kind of started going, hang on a minute. Do you know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. it's something you couldn't pull it off now. You just couldn't no. pull it off now because everything's on demand and streaming. And You can Google it, can't you? Yeah, you get away with it. For me, I feel like after it finished, I immediately wanted to Google Imagine if you, yeah, so imagine if you could. Yeah, I can't even remember. I mean, I I very much lived in a time when there wasn't internet for a large portion of my life. Uh And I can't imagine how stressed out people must have been at the end of that wanting to know. Because obviously these days, if if you're sat with a group of people and someone says, do you know, I wonder how much a puffin weighs. I can tell you how much a puffin weighs. You can tell me how much a puffin weighs inside of 30 seconds. Whereas back then you go, I wonder how much a puffin weighs. Never mind. I could probably give you a ballpark figure, but I don't think every puffin I mean, weighs the same. Could could you tell me what do you reckon averagely a puffin weighs? Top oh. of your head. Uh, four kilograms. Four kilograms. Now Google how much in that puffin weighs. 
Welcome to the Deathly Dark Puffin Podcast. So this episode is going to be called Puffins and Dogs, for certain. Okay, get your guesses in now. All right, you said four kilograms. <gasps> Hit me with it. Atlantic Puffin, yeah. 490 grams. Were you... Were you on it then? Pretty much. You were like a a, a, a kilogram short of a puffin. Um, tufted puffin. He's a bit of a fat boy. 700 to 840. Oh, I'm reading puffin variables now. Let's get off this quickly because <laughs> I don't, you know, I think, I think uh, uh, 60 seconds about how heavy puffins are is definitely. <laughs> Not on brand. It's definitely long enough right there. But but that's what I mean, you know, like that it would have opened, I think in a way the, the, the knowledge and the access to all this information in a, in a sense has killed conversations. Because, you know, these days you could sit around and if you've had a few beers, I, I guess, I don't know about your friends growing up, but we could have certainly eked at least an hour out of how much a puffin weighs in the pub. Yeah. yeah we would have been doing diagrams. We'd have been talking about like airspeed velocity <laughs> of an unladen puffin. Oh, <laughs> reference. <laughs> but then, to sit there, you would have just been sat there watching Most Haunted. It would have ended uh, and it ends in a very very rec- dramatic. Dr- dramatic and horrible way and you would just call it you i remember m- myself i would have been uh 12 years old my mum let me stay up to watch it and we just kind of both sat there going um what and i had not i was terrified i had nightmares and that is because the aftermath of it there was a lot of bad times in the aftermath there, there, there was of course the tragic uh, young lad kill, uh, took his own oh, life god yeah because he became obsessed that his house was haunted and he thought that pipes was you know, getting coming for him or something mm-hmm. like that. He became obviously very un, un, unwell and unhappy, and yeah, he um, he thought it was real, and apparently for months mm. after he became obsessed with the idea of ghosts. And and I want to stress, it was never banned. It's it's been marketed now as like it was banned for over a decade. It wasn't banned as such. It was it got um, into some. It just wouldn't. Shit. Have, it, it, it did, yeah, but it wouldn't have worked again. I think that's the thing because it had already aired. Um, and the experience had been, you know, spent. I think if they repeated um, Ghost Watch a few weeks down the line, month down the line, it just wouldn't have had the same impact. People would have been like, "Well, I know this is just. I know it's it's not it's not real." I mean, obviously, we watched. I watched it recently. You watched it for the first time a couple of weeks ago. Still scared me. Still scared you, but it, it definitely you know you knew it wasn't real. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. You knew it wasn't real, and I'm sure a lot of people at the time knew it wasn't real. But a lot of people thought it was real. Mm-hmm. People were genuinely ringing the BBC, uh, saying that their dogs were acting weird, that their children yeah. wouldn't stop crying. I mean, to look at it, some of the acting is a bit obvious. But mm. if you are under the impression that it's going to be a real thing you're watching, you're not looking for it's that. Of are its you? time. It's like if you're going down an aisle in Tesco. And mm-hmm. you see something unusual in a place it's not meant to be, you're not necessarily going to see it because you don't expect it to be. That's it? true. That's true. Well, I like the format of it, and it's, that's something we're going to emulate. Um, we're not going to talk much about, I know we, we, we were talking tonight about what we're going to talk about. We mentioned 30 Years Drive briefly. Um, we're not going to talk about that tonight uh, or for a little while now, but we, we put a thing up about the event. We, we have booked a date. It's not till January next year uh, because it's that busy and popular. Um, but we're going to emulate what Ghostwatch did as best as we can with the technology that we had. Um, we, don't, we won't have Parkinson's out in the studio, <laughs> um, but we'll be doing kind of um, multiple cameras. We won't be faking ghostly happenings. We won't be doing that. We won't have people in masks jumping out and shouting. Like Craig Charles at one point leaps out of a, a cupboard and shouts at Sarah Green and she screams. And uh, No, we won't be doing anything like that, but we'll be doing like, you know, the multiple cameras, maybe the heat cameras. Um, oh, Take some um, the the, the, the uh, uh, EMF readers in with us, uh, get a sort of sense of you know temperature probes, things like that. We'll go. We'll we'll go into the science of it. Definitely go to the science of it. We won't we won't provoke anything. We won't add anything. We won't you know be running around screaming. Um, and that's kind of going to be applied to all of our paranormal investigations yeah. that we're doing. Um, there'll be a mix of uh, there'll be a mix of storytelling and factual or uh, retellings of experiences. And for those of you that were concerned that I would be absent, <laughs> I have agreed Just to visit the location. Oh my gosh, Mrs. D will be joining us at 30 Years Drive. <laughs> but before that, we've got to say so we're going to talk more towards the end of the night about other things that we have going on. Um, but no, Ghost Watch has it, really stuck with me. Um, I think it's, I'll definitely give it a watch again another 10 years from now. Oh. 
Should we pencil that in? Yeah. Well, make a little, no- a little note in a diary. Halloween <laughs> 2030. Oh. Was- watch Ghost Watch. I'd quite like to watch it with a bunch of people. I think it'd be quite fun. Put it on in the cinema. Oh, yeah. Big cinema, make a night of it. Watch this space. Maybe we get the licensing from Parkinson. We'll give him a call and be like, can we... Uh, Come round yours. We've got a cinema. Put it on your big screen. Can we, can we, can we put your, your thing on? I don't know if he owns the rights. Probably not, to be honest. But obviously he distanced himself from it. Everybody distanced themselves from it. The BBC uh, was saying, you know, we, we, we want to move away from it. It was regrettable. The guy, the chap that wrote it, apparently, is, is fantastically written. He, he was like, it was not received as I had intended. But when is anything? No. You can't control how an audience receives something. Um, but sometimes yeah. for good, sometimes for bad. It was magnificent. And it's it's one of those things, like, uh, in a way, I think it was the genesis of um, the things that we've experienced today. Um, I, I can't actually time stamp Most Haunted, like when that started with with the Cora and Yvette Fielding. Um, but that I think it owed a lot to... To ghost watch, or yeah. maybe the other way around. Maybe I'm just talking absolute nonsense. Um, and it, you know, those those sort of shows led down the road to a lot of the stuff we see today, like Ghost Adventures. Um, Most Haunted was 2002 to 2010. No way. I, I would I have said it was earlier. Than I that. would have thought the, the Most Haunted was a was a 90s thing. That's crazy. I think there were probably shows like you know around before then of the of the similar similar genre because it's a very popular thing to do. But I think there's a real gap now. There are no there aren't they aren't around as much anymore. Or maybe they're online. There's a lot of stuff online that you see, but I'm yet to see anything online that I enjoy. I think that they're marketed to a much younger demog- younger crowd now, I oh, think. Oh, definitely. You know, it's people running around with GoPros on their heads yeah. screaming, you know, like, "Oh, not that we haven't done that." But uh, have we done that? Run around with a GoPro on our heads? Probably. Just, just for fun point. at the weekend. Um, but you know <laughs> what I mean? They become, they become very, um, they're very shrill and screamy and there's, there's people shouting, you know, like, there's, you know, there's a ghost, bro, bro. And then obviously they have actors and stuff hanging around. Um, I can't remember the name of the, the program that we wa- I watched. The, there's a guy and they were going around some old stone ruins and they were Americans and they were... They're all shouting bro at each other. Bro, bro. And then Ghost something. Ghost. Yeah. And then there was a there was a there was there was all this screaming and stuff and it was all so tangible and it was too real. It was too like obvious and it was obviously like they, they had someone dressed up in a costume. Hmm. Um It was fun, but not my cup of tea. And I think that there's a bit of a gap now. I think it'd be nice to see something. Yeah. Perhaps the Deathlies do it. If you're listening Deathly and you're from twenty twenty one. Yeah, if you're like from UK TV, are they still going? Dave, all oh, that yeah. sort of stuff. Yeah, let us know. We can do it all in house. Oh, yeah. we've, we've got the oh yes, oh yes. We've got the we've got the means. We've got the tech. We've got the we've got the know how and the what's it's. We'll, we'll just get, yeah. Let us know. We'll do your twenty two minute pilot and we'll send it over in the post. Hugs and kisses, oh, yeah. the Deathlies. Get us on. You know, start the campaign tonight. If you want to start emailing the TV channels and let them know that we're down for it, mm-hmm. we'll definitely make it happen. Well, I think it's time to go over to our first, uh, uh, well, our only actual story for the night. Because we normally do a couple of these in the Tales from the Fireplace, which is why I was like, the first, the two. It's two of them. There's one tonight. Just the one. That was very smooth link there. Probably the smoothest link I've ever done. <laughs> but um, yeah, this is a story that was shared with us in the very first Tales from the Fireplace. Uh, and it comes from Ben Rosenfield. And it is a story about jam, sheep. And an old lady. So, yeah, we'll be right back. Greetings, Ben. Hello, Dorian. Hello. Thank you for uh, joining me on this ridiculous little idea of mine. So, uh, Tell us a little bit about yourself. I do various bits and pieces. I work in dark tourism. I do a bit of writing and short filmmaking in the spare time. And I am incredibly interested to to the point of obsession with the paranormal, the supernatural and the weird and wonderful, unexplainable things that happen to us. Now, your tale is quite bizarre as it involves sheep, jam and a grey haired old lady. And at risk of spoiling the story, the microphone is yours. I keep on coming back to it every few years. I came back to it when I was 10, when I was about 16, and then recently, a couple of years ago, when I was 26. And that was when I realised that something odd had happened. So I had gone away to a cottage in Scotland with my mum and my auntie. 
one day I'm outside and there's a load of sheep in in the cottage I think it must have been a farm or something there's a lot of sheep and they're just wandering about and being the child I was I decided to start shouting mint sauce at them they all started running towards me and my auntie dragged me out of the way and they carried on running and then they all just stopped and the next day I did exactly the same thing I shouted mint sauce at the sheep because I thought it was funny and it started coming towards me my auntie wasn't with me at the time she must have been in the house where my mum was and then they stopped again which was incredibly strange now that was always the strangest part apart from the incident involving the jam now i remembered there being this lovely um quite tall white-haired woman in there a bit like probably a countryside version of b arthur from the golden girls quite tall quite almost bouffanted very very nice thin rim spectacles and I just assumed for years and years that she was a caretaker, that she owned the house. Maybe we were staying there with her. And she made me a a jam sandwich. And I remember eating the jam sandwich and getting and dropping it and picking it up and getting jam on the sleeve of my jumper. And it was a it was a cream knitted jumper, so it was, it was quite a, an explicit stain. And then a couple of years ago when I was 26, spoke to her about it again. And I said, I never asked you who the old woman was. And she said, what are you talking about? And I said, the old woman that was in the cottage with us, the one that made me the jam sandwich. And she said, no, no, it was just me and me and your auntie in the cottage. And I said, and there wasn't um, an owner of the cottage that was there or a caretaker. She said, well, no, the only other person that was at the cottage was the person who handed the keys over to us. And he was a man who was sort of, you know, early thirties, dark hair. And my mum and my auntie at the time were both in their mid twenties. And I always found that out. I said, so who was this woman? Because I specifically remember this woman being there. And they said, no, there wasn't a woman. I spoke to my auntie about it. She said, absolutely not. No way. We remember that because that was what we called the mint sauce holiday because you kept on antagonizing the sheep, which in itself was weird. Neither my mum or my auntie had made me the jam sandwich, so somehow me as a three-year-old boy who couldn't reach a top cupboard that the bread was in, I believe, was somehow able to get hold of a jam sandwich. It sounds like I've had an interaction with potentially the ghost of an old woman, and I tried to do a bit of research into into the cottage. I said, oh, because my mum is, is a great record keeper. Everything is documented. So I tried looking into it, couldn't quite find out exactly where the cottage was, but the whole thing's really freaked me out. And it, it freaked me out at the age of 26 more than it ever had done because with the sheep that were weirdly stopping, the old woman and the impossible jam sandwich, it, it just seems like a very strange experience that happened to me. much to Ben for sharing that story with us. I mean, he shared it with us a, a while ago, and I'm, I'm, re- I'm sharing and it with you. Is again. still sharing it. The gift that keeps on giving, it, isn't it? It's a it's a wonderful story because it's not. It's, it's definitely not the intentionally the most spooky one that we've had. I would say, but there's there's something to it. Oh, I don't know. It, it's one of those ones where it gives you like the creeps. Yeah. Oh uh, no! What can you imagine? I mean, I love a jam sandwich. But what and if, years down the line, you recounted a lovely jam sandwich you'd had, mm-hmm. and I said to you, Dorian, there was nobody there. I'd be like, I've still got a jam sandwich out of it, though. I'm, I'm just saying, you know, it's... And, and, and no, no affront to Ben. I don't want to diminish his wonderful story in the slightest, because it's wonderful. It's, it's, it's definitely very odd. Um... But I just, you know, I don't see Hammer Horror lining up to uh, turn it into a 90-minute film. The Sheep and the Sandwich. I've changed my mind. I want a 90-minute film about it. Ben, let's talk. <laughs> we'll make it happen. Um, our little film company, we'll, 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 get it, we'll get it underway. And the tagline on the poster just says, Mint Sauce. That's the five-star review. Five stars. <laughs> Mint, Mint Sauce. sauce. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear me. It's one of those things that... It, 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 I think we talked about it when the story went out in the fireplace, how you, you remember things oddly. And when you're younger, perhaps, 
Um, you don't even it, you're more aware. Children are more aware. Children and animals are more aware, and that that ties into the um, the old white swan, the old the old star inn. Sorry, on Stonegate near where we're doing our. Um, first paranormal investigation from next week mm-hmm. oh um there is the the you know there are the ghosts um in there there's a, a girl uh, an, sorry, an elderly woman who walks up the stairs um all crooked and gnarled and only children can see her and she and they feel like they, they should follow and they definitely they definitely no, shouldn't, don't follow and then there are um dogs um that that bark and 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 shout <laughs> shout that's <laughs> a weird word to use oi. my dog's like oi 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 it's a ghost ghost Ruff. Um dogs bark and, and there's been historically there's the dog that ran at the fireplace at the, the wall and knocked itself out and when they, they mm. investigated there were there were two cats two very old cat bodies because it used to be good luck it used to be good luck to um to 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 entomb a cat inside of a wall. Oh, that's just horrible. Yeah, yeah, we are awful humans at the worst. Literally, the, the, what a terrible thing to do. Um, but they, they, you know, not not the humans that were in there. They weren't. They weren't picking up on anything. The adults, the grown-ups, they weren't actually scouting in, in there. Yeah, I think that when when you're younger, perhaps you see things, and when you're older, you remember them back and go, "Well, that wasn't right." Mm, oh, that's not right, is it? That feeling, that no. weird, that tingling on the neck that you get when there's something. Not quite right. Do you know what I like? What do you like? I like the fact that most ghost stories are passed down. And the thought that some of them may have changed since the initial Mm -hmm. perceiving of the event. Well, that's something I always say. People always ask me, do I believe in ghosts it's an incredible what have you just did you just try to take a mouthful of red hot coffee yes <laughs> just made you that i heard you i heard your gum sizzle oh god it sounded Ow. like it sounded like a couple of a couple of shrimp being thrown onto a hot plate so That's, sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you it's such a wonderful face of just sizzling. silent sizzling gums um well, yeah, people, people just you know will directly ask me. Um, sometimes in the middle of a story, like I've been telling stories before, and I'm like, and there was a call. Do you believe in ghosts? <sighs> Firstly, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> Secondly, I um I never say yes or no directly. I never go yes or no, no, yes. I always say, I believe that there is a lot that we don't understand. There's a lot out there that we cannot comprehend but what I believe in the most is the power of storytelling that's kind of my thing you know I believe in um, even if a story about a haunting has no evidence has no foundation is completely not true um, and has for example been made up by somebody which I'm going to come on to in a little while um, I I, I, you know then they, they permeate and they get out there and that's the thing that I find fascinating you know, at some point someone's gone, ooh, there was a weird noise, and they've gone, it's the ghost of this. Mm-hmm. And then they tell that story, and you're like, oh, my gosh. And then suddenly, you know, it's like the, the, the grey ladies of the theatres around the country, the stories of the white lady of Scarborough. Um, yeah, perhaps know. the grey lady was just in one theatre, and then people retold it for their own theatre. Yeah, yeah, I think it's interesting how it spreads. But then you have people that, uh, like Kirsty from the, the last episode, where, uh, you know, she, she said she had a first-hand experience of something very strange coming toward her and it's like is is that is there something there or is it the imagination propelling to the front of of the mind mm. that, that that something oh you know is it is it is the imagination that powerful and that's what i find just riveting fascinating i'm not going to go out there and start going this building's a, i don't think it's a good it's not a good way of storytelling yeah. if you stand in front of a building and go there's a ghost in that window and it stands there and it waves its arm at somebody it's like when you like um give them like the lay of the facts in there so for example marmaduke buckle you know marmaduke buckle we know he lived on that in that house in goodroom gate we know he would we know he died we know he was very unwell we know he took his own life you know that there, there is you know scratched into the the woodwork at the top floor where his his name is and his initials the date of birth and death and then it's the haunting developed afterwards and i think telling people what was there and how it happened is fascinating and then what happens in the afterwards of that is is even more fascinating mm-hmm. um and how those stories get out there because i mean we the first time i mentioned marmaduke buckle which is a very york story 
Um, I'd actually not, not heard it. But the chat before. was, you know, the chat was old people. Oh yes, Mama Duke Buckle. I've heard. Oh, it's such a sad story. People know it. It's out there. It's crazy. And it's where do those stories start from? Which brings me to a confession that I'm going to make. And I'm going to hand on heart say this is the only time I've done this. This is the only time I've done this. And it was based on a half-truth. Um, so for those that may... I, I, I used to work on uh, on a tour in York. Um, and we visited the chocolate factory. And when we first started doing the tour, it was um, empty. It was... It was um, uh, abandoned, all the windows were broken and then, you know, it was this factory opened in the early 1900s and it had just been left there to rot. So when we when we, when we we parked up next to it, we would look over to it and it would be pitch black, the, the, the glass would be broken, there would be, you know, every now and again you could, you could make out shapes moving around towards the top, there'd be flickering lights in there sometimes people would go in and they'd explore the site and that was enough to stand there and go, you know, look at the building it opened in 1926 and people were like, oh my goodness me, that's amazing and they'd be freaked out by the, you know, there it is, there it is. And then we had a little gag on some of the TV screens and we drive off. But then it got developed and it got turned into some really nice looking flats. Did the chocolate works. And Very not atmospheric. Not atmospheric. The front got pressure washed. Uh, so it's this like really welcoming, um, creamy beige colour. doesn't sound that welcoming when I say it out loud. Um, but out the front is the clock tower, which is still being renovated. And... It just became this horrendous dead spot for us. We'd drive all the way out there, get to the chocolate factory, and I'd be like, it's quite nice, isn't it? And people were like, it is quite nice. And I'd be like, let's go back into town. <laughs> it was such a... And so what, anyway, so we, we the, the guides and I had a chat, and we did a bit of research, and we got we found this story that there was a, um, a couple of builders had gone in there one day, and they found themselves... Uh, slightly turned around and they lost track of time and one guy said oh there's something not right about that place it's not right about it there's something weird in that clock tower so we ran with that story and we started talking about it and saying you know people go in there and they report which it was a half truth people did go in there people did report there was something weird going on people started to you know but we we kind of embellished you know where he was like oh i lost track time a bit we said something like um people will go in there and they will lose track of time you know, a, a half an hour can skip by in a matter of minutes. And it's the only time that we've ever sort of taken a story that had some foundations and then we made it our own for the tour. We took a story and we made it entertaining and a bit spooky to make going out there worthwhile. And then one night, about a year after we started telling this slightly adapted story, someone told me it. Somebody who oh. had no connection to that company was in a pub one night and they were like, oh, do you know the, the, do you know the story about the clock tower? out at the, the, the chocolate factory and I was like, go on, thinking, oh brilliant I'm going to, and then he told me our story, which we had oh, I, I feel this is an awful confession to make I don't want, I don't, I want to just reassure everyone, everything I talk about my tours is based in history folklore has come down from somewhere, this was like an act of sheer desperation, you know, it was, it was not a route I had picked, we drove out there and then I had to talk about this, so we just took something that happened, we took this story that someone had told us and we just made, we just tweaked it here and there does that sound innocent enough? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It was, and that's what the, that's what that that tour was. That tour was just sheer banter and entertainment. The history was very, very, very fluid. Um, but it just goes to show. That's what I mean. How it got out there. Mm-hmm. How stories begin. Where do they? You know, what what is the ignition of them? Where do they come from? And I thought that was fascinating. That suddenly there was this person who it was maybe the first or second time I'd met them, and they were telling me a story that somebody had heard on this tour, they told somebody else, told somebody else, and it it made its way back to me. And I was like, I now wonder how many people are out there going, the the chocolate factory of of there is... uh, But have you also found yourself asking, was it your story that got passed back to you? Or did somebody else something else happen yeah, yeah or did, was it actually a was thing? my story close yeah to the, to the actual thing that's there interesting well that's the thing you know and, and they modify and they adapt it's like um it's like robert ask you know robert ask was the the the, the chap that was um he, he was involved in the pilgrimage of the grace here in york in the 1500s and he was executed for essentially rebelling it's a very big thick historical story but he basically spoke out against henry the eighth and he was executed in york and if you read into it you'll find, um, like, 
at least three or four different versions of how he was executed now. That is interesting. And uh, so there are some that say he was beheaded uh, down near pavement at the bottom of the shambles. Some say he was hanged in chains from Clifford's Tower. I read in another one that he was he was he was he was uh, marched out to the Knavesmire and hanged a pauper's death because it does you know where you know not 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 wealthy people are executed the one i've always told is obviously you know he was hanged in chains at clifford tower uh, i think he, he maybe maybe beheaded afterwards as a traitor but that's the thing it's 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 it, that's a historical event mm-hmm. and it still has you know it's drifted and yeah. i think that's like it's the power of storytelling you know nobody no one was around to it's- really um you know, to record it, literally record it, video, photograph. Yeah. The only record is what people were there. I mean, there's and then no doubt said, that all these horrible things did happen in York, mm. but maybe they happened to different people. Well, I mean, they couldn't ways. have been hung and headed it's and more, it's, all of these things. What I think is, is, is pe- people that were there would have experienced it in a different way. Mm-hmm. Literally, the angle you're looking at it from how you remember it yeah. maybe you maybe maybe someone that wasn't there was told about it and then said that they were misremembered there. it misremembered that's it lots of facts and um yeah i think again i find that quite interesting if you see a lot of hangings and executions we'll take richard the third you might forget who it was yeah maybe because it was it was the height of entertainment but richard the third uh remembered by so many people as having a hump and being this horrible deformed monstrosity uh whereas he was actually quite progressive, apparently. He was quite, you know, rich, but Shakespeare wrote about him and was basically like, do, 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 do. And so that's how he's, uh, that's a story about an uh, actual historical figure, Amazing. how he's remembered. Yeah. I, like, I like that. It's weird, isn't it? The power of the, the power story. Of the story. And that's, why I de- that's, that's, that's kind of my whole shtick. That's, if you join me for the, the walking tour in York, that's like my whole thing, is like I'm telling stories. I've got a hesitancy, I have to say, about the walking tours. I'm looking forward to them, but... I'm just, I'm worried that people are going to turn up and expect to be really frightened. Um, you know, people jumping out and shouting boo at them and grabbing all of their jackets through fences and stuff. It's like, that's not what I'm about. Um, I don't think anybody... I think I'm going to do a little FAQ. Could get that from your... You say that, but I've had it on branding. my other tour for a very long time. But actually, that was, that, you know, that, the, the company I used to work for, that was very much um, branded. You notice I'm very, very carefully not saying the name of the place anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, just, yeah, but... If you want to join me for a tour in York, I'm just doing my walking tours now. It's a new day. It's very exciting. It's very, very nice and lovely. But I'll be doing, yeah, my stories. That's what I'm about. I'll be telling creepy stories with this voice. This low hanging voice. And maybe it won't go that brown. Brown voice. And inviting people to see things through the eyes of they the can't, story. can't see them through my eyes. I'm using them. I'm not going to pop my eyes out for every single tour. Have a look through these bad boys. Oh. Give them a little polish yeah. before you put them back get in. Yeah, a lot of people on your tour if you did that. Just get a little shoehorn and just pop a ball out. Not Wait, that you haven't not, got a lot of people I on your tour already. I just want to stress, I'm not, I'm not going to be popping a ball out on the tour. Oh, Dorian. Definitely took a wrong turn there, didn't it? So I'm going to actually hand you over now to Mrs. D, who's going to be sharing a listener story with you. I am, actually. <coughs> Excuse me. A little clear of the chef. Little, uh, little chef there. So we had a, a multitude of stories sent to us from one of our listeners, Lauren Grosvenor, and I have picked out a couple of things that she sent us because I thought you might enjoy to hear them. Before we go further, if Lauren's listening to this, I just want to—we've pronounced your name differently. About I think we've done about four different pronunciations of it now. It's Grosvenor. Grosvenor. I'm sure. I, it's think I, I think I laid out a Grosvenor earlier and I apologise. Oh dear. I apologise. We're just reading them off the screens and I saw an S and I panicked. <laughs> that, yeah, that does happen. We okay. call her Lauren G. Like she's so a Lauren, 90s hip hop album. I'll shut up now. Lauren has written to tell us this spooky little tale of an incident she shared with her mum. I'm going to read it you exactly how it's written. So one evening, I picked up my mum and her friend from York as they'd been on a girls' night out. I pulled up at her friend's house, which was on the estate next to ours. Her friend said goodnight, got out of the car and went inside. Once she'd got inside, I started reversing my car to drive off. When I stopped, I noticed someone standing at the door inside. The front door had a big pane of glass, partly see-through. At this point, her friend hadn't turned any lights on 
before entering the house, but this person stood at the door, was a lot shorter than her. And not to sound cliche or tacky, the person was glowing in a negative way. What should have been black was white. And I said to my mum, who's that? And she said, oh, I don't know. We assumed it was just someone staying there, so we drove off. The next day, my mum texted her friend asking who was there, and she said no one was. But her grandma, who is dead, sometimes comes to visit her. This really freaked me out, as we both saw it walk to the door and stand watching us, almost like they were seeing who had dropped her off. Very creepy. Sometimes comes to visit her. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh no! Yep. How do we feel about that, Dorian? I don't like that at all. Sometimes comes to visit her. It don't visit Grandma. Creep me out. The negative look. That's a bit. Mm. Oh no. Yeah. So I've got um, another little story here that she sent that I also think is quite a short event, um, but it's an interesting one to talk about. So this one was passed on by her friend um, about two of his friends. So I think that's interesting because it's a passed on story. That's what we were just talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. I didn't plan that. Um, So this was passed on by a friend in which two of his friends had booked a stay at the Golden Fleece in York. You fools. For the night. You fools. (laughs) They'd got plans to go out in York and then stay over before heading home the next day. The day came and they checked into the Golden Fleece. The husband decided to take a shower before they went out. As he was in the shower, facing the water, his wife got in, started washing his back, and then left. Saucy. When he got out of the shower, he said, Thank you for cleaning his back. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for cleaning my back. (laughs) That really tickled you, didn't it? Thank you for cleaning my back. Cleaning his back. She was confused. She said, I didn't come in the shower with you. She was completely dry and dressed. They soon checked out and did not stay the night. (laughs) Dorian, Uh, get yourself together. Such a child. Why are you laughing? Because I'm an infant, apparently. I'm an infant. There's just it was obviously very, very wonderful story, but there were there was some phrasing in there that just just tickled me. Um, I particularly liked. I didn't come in the shower with you. <laughs> it's just particularly wonderful. <laughs> it's just, but I mean, um, you <laughs> you would be horrified, wouldn't you? Um, you know, it's it's definitely. Um, <sighs> This is one of those moments where I'm, re- I'm regretting the fact that I don't edit these podcasts in any way, shape or form. We literally just hit record and off we go. Um, it's a creepy story. It is a creepy story, especially the, the Golden Fleece has um, it, it's a few bit of, it's got a few cheeky ghosts in it as well. It's got the cheeky ghosts. Um, <laughs> little cheeky ghosts. Um, um, there's a, uh, Lady Alice Peckett, who was the wife of uh, Mayor, Mayor Peckett, and um, she may or may not have come in the shower with her husband over the years, I don't know. You know, very, very loving marriage, I think. <laughs> you know, they were married a long time. you got to do things to keep it fresh. Maybe he had a dirty back. <sighs> oh, my goodness me. Um, I particularly enjoyed, thank you for washing my back. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just, uh, you know, um, it's a, that's a great story. It's definitely something you would, you know, creep you out and everything. Uh, I'm... I'm just I, I'm I'm just saying if if I was in a shower, even at home, and I mean, was he looking into the corner of the shower, like? So okay, so when I have a shower, I stand facing where the water comes out, mm-hmm. looking up. But I'm v- always very aware of what's going on around yeah, me. Yeah, I'm just I could definitely not get in our shower cube. It's a big shower cube. It's got a sliding door. Yeah, I could never get in there without you being aware of it. I'm just, but if you're in a shower that had a curtain, a silent curtain, perhaps. But the thing is, maybe he saw her. Maybe that was the thing. Maybe it was such oh. a strong apparition that he saw no. doppelganger style, and he actually saw his wife. That that make that's a whole extra layer to it. But um, yeah, I do apologize. I I I regressed 
I regressed 15 years then and was just like, tee hee. Good to laugh. Hee hee. Thank you for washing my back. I'm sorry <laughs> you didn't come in the shower with me. It's all very upsetting. I do apologise, ladies and gentlemen. I'm taking a very smutty, uh, smutty level here. Good Lord Almighty. Well, thank you, Lauren, for sending those over. As always, if you have any spooky stories, any tales of the supernatural, any uh, paranormal instances that you have occurred first, second, third hand. Especially if they're York-based. We do love a York-based one. Send them over to us. And um, yeah, especially because on the uh, 16th of August, we're doing Tales from the Fireplace audience special now it's 100% audience special this one it's all going to be stories that you have sent in so if you have a story and you want to read it stories videos pictures uh, including some actual original writing as well we've got a couple of original short stories that have been sent in to us that I'm very excited to read I've read them they're fantastic so they won't be the usual Victorian stories that we do um, although they do have um, a sort of the, the way that they're both written is very it's timeless I think the very like few that. mentions of, you know, modern-ness. Modern-ness. There you go. Modernity. Modernity. There's not a lot of modernity in these stories, which is, um, is, is, is rather adorable and wonderful. And Yes. There's always that hesitancy when you ask people to send in stories that they've written. It's a very um, a very vulnerable thing to do. So I do thank people that have been brave enough to do that. I, I mean, I, I've I dabbled in writing. I write. I mean, I write scripts and films and stuff outside of writing tours and whatnot. I've, I've dabbled with writing actual stories before, and it's very difficult. It's such a different thing to do, and it's very you, personal. Isn't it's very. It? That's the way, yeah. Very personal. Very raw to sort of then go. Here is a thing that I have. The same thing. I suppose when I do the tours, I kind of go. Hey, here's a thing that I've I've put together. Please don't hate it. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Oh gosh, terrifying. It's like doing a big presentation. But not being work. in the room. And also handing it over to someone to read it is yeah. very bold because obviously you're not sure if that person is going to get the right intention that you've maybe written. And again, that makes that it's interesting how people perform and deliver different stories. So that'll be good. So we've got two of those and then we've got all the, the, the videos and stuff. Um, oh, that video. Actually, you showed me a video a few moments ago. I did. And I think we should hang on to that. I'm getting permission to um, excellent. hopefully show it. That's good. So we can use that in the fireplace one. That's something that actually happened somewhere very close to us, which is quite nice. Quite nice indeed. Indeed. I managed to make it all the way through the episode without going indeed once. And I've just, I've done it four or five times in the last 30 seconds. Oh dear. Oh dear. Oh dear. So that brings us to the end of episode three. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us. Um, we're going to, we're going to spice things up a little bit for the fourth one, for the episode four. We, we sold it. This is an, an ongoing, um, uh, project and, and we're just going to have a bit of fun with it and, and, and we don't ever want it to become too time consuming because obviously we're doing tours and live streams and whatnot. This is like an extra little extra spicy nugget for Bonus you to content. enjoy. Bonus content. Um, but we're going to we're gonna do a couple of things just to sort of break the mould of it a little bit for the next one. I've got a few ideas that we've been kicking around um, so we'll jazz it up a little bit. But coming up in the next few weeks what do we have? Well between now and the next podcast being released oh yes, spoilt. Oh, yes, so spoilt. So um, August 7th, I'm doing my first private tour for a very yes. wonderful young chap uh, and his family, I believe. I'm not going to say who it is because I think it's a bit of a... I think it's a, I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not going to say anything else. I'll talk about how that goes on the next podcast. Uh, August 14th and 15th is my my opening weekend. Launch weekend. Launch weekend. Um, if you do happen to join us for the launch weekend, um, you're going to get a free little gift, like a little, you know, thanks for joining me on the fourth, for the, the first one. Um, the 14th is very nearly sold out. It's very nearly sold out, and the 15th isn't much far behind it, which is fantastic to say. So if you do want to get tickets for either of those, I am limiting the number of people I'm taking with me at the moment. So whereas it's a very good thing to say they're nearly sold out, I'm not selling a huge amount of tickets. I'm keeping it very small and personal just for reasons of safety, just to make sure that we can spread out a bit, um, all that sort of stuff. If you're thinking about joining me, but you're a little bit concerned, you're a little bit worried, uh, do check out on my webpage, www.doryanddeathly.co.uk. I have a whole page uh, dedicated to what I'm doing to make you and I and the people of York feel safe while I operate my tours here in the city of York. How smooth was that, Mr. Deathly? You're looking at me so proud. Ooh, ooh. Um, and then on the 16th of August, uh, so God, 14th or 15th tours, 16th mm-hmm. of August, Tales from the Fireplace audience special, 17th of August, I reach the grand old age of four decades old. Wow. Forty. 
And then in August 23rd, we have the After Dark Haunted Tour. Oh, I've jumped one. August 9th, the Antique Centre, the course. Paranormal Stream. So much going on in the world of Deathly. Because this is it now, isn't it? This is what I this is my full this is my full-time job. Yeah. I've gone I've gone a bit full time. So I hope you're enjoying everything because you're just gonna get all of it now. It's just gonna <laughs> all of it. I'm all yours. I'm a full-time Deathly. Um so yeah, August 7th, private hire. Uh August 9th, Antique Centre Paranormal Investigation Stream starting at eight o'clock live on our Facebook page. Uh 14th to 15th, live tours, August 16th, Tales from the Fireplace, August 23rd, After Dark Haunted Tour, August 30th, Tales from the Fireside. We've decided that we're gonna do a stream and a fireplace every alternating week. We did it briefly once before, um, and it was a bit much. So we kind of we've kind of rejigged the format a little bit of the fireplace episodes just to make them a little bit less demanding on us um although it doesn't matter now because it don't matter now don't matter now love because this is all i do i've literally <laughs> just been a spooky spooky person uh into the internet and in real life for people to enjoy in real life real life real life real life mm. good good i think one final thing we should talk about before we go before we wrap up is um we, we skipped a bit we didn't talk about the last tour that we did Oh gosh! Do you know, should we go yes. back? We should briefly touch upon that, shouldn't we? Sure. Um, so we did a live tour. We was it eight o'clock Sunday. The that sounds right to me. Something twenty sixth of July. I want to say. Yeah, sure. Why not? It was the haunted. Uh, there was the mysterious murders and deathly deeds tour. How was it? Well, it was certainly different mm. because York is very much coming back to life. There was a lot of traffic, mm-hmm, both mm-hmm. human and automobile. Yes. And uh, it was quite a battle. It was. To get around the city. It was. It was in the way we've become accustomed to. It was so loud out there that it actually caused our tech to malfunction, which we didn't know about. So what had happened was we were using a wireless microphone for the first time. A few people were in the stream going, he needs a microphone. I'm like, I mean, at one point, I think I was about 20 feet away from the phone and you could still hear me. So I definitely had a microphone. Um, but what happened was we tested it at the office and it was fine because it's quite quiet here. But then we got out into the streets of York and with all the ambient sound, all the roads and the sirens that were going on, the little guy, the little microphone guy basically tried to compensate for this. Uh, and pushed the, the the basically pushed up the volume or the gain or something into the mic. So what happened was it was distorting as it came out of there. It was hitting that and it was doing that weird. And it basically it was it sounded like what you heard. We just didn't know, did we? We thought we were delivering you the most wonderful sound that you have become Little accustomed did to. Did we know? We had no idea. The worst thing was it was a put, it was a touch of a button to fix it. So if we'd known it sounded like that, we could have pressed a little button on top of the phone and it would have been fine. It'll never happen again because we've put in play. We've got some ideas and stuff to definitely make it make the sound as good and as better as possible. But yeah, we talked about some mysterious murders and some horrible deeds. My, what's your favourite one? Oh, I like the story about the Crescent, mm, which is not far from the where old we live. Odin uh, very close Harry to us. Hewitt. Yeah, the Hewitts. The Hewitts. And yeah, that that it's a very sad story, but mm-hmm. it's very interesting because it's unsolved. I think I'm going to do a whole video about it. Mm. So we've been talking about the YouTube channel and what we're going to do with the YouTube channel to produce some content for there. And since I, I'm, this is sort of what I'm doing now, um, I want to be putting out at least one video a week onto YouTube, which is a specific thing. And the first one I'm going to do, and this will ruffle some feathers, and, and whatever, it's, is, the, is, is the Snickleways. Oh yes, because yes, 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 I yes, know yes, people yes. don't like the word snickleway. So if you if you're aware of it, uh, in your there are alleyways and the little cut throughs that lead through from streets that's near the Hornport Lane, Three Crane Lane, uh, Three Crane Lane, Three Three, three Cranes Lane, uh, the Whitmer Watmergate, of course. And there was a, a, an author wrote a book about them, and he he started using the word snickleways, which is. Um, which is a, a, a smash together. A made-up word. A made-up made word. But it's one of those words, it's, it's a wonderful word. It's beautiful. Um, it, but it does, it does, it does, a lot of people puts their, puts their little beaks out of joint and they don't like it. So, uh, but I love it, I love it. You know, uh, snicket, kinnel, alleyway, snickleway. I think it's a fantastic little word to use. I've even had people on tours before go, it's not real. I'm like, no, it's not All real. words are made up. They're all made up. It's just a series of honks and beeps. Yeah. Freedom of speech. Someone you at one point like just went potato. Word, don't use it. Yeah, it's a great word. But are we doing like a little exploration of that? And I want to just do a little sort of yeah, more 
honed in stuff. Um, so keep an eye on that because the Snickleways one, I want to get it out. It probably won't be next week because we've got so much to do. But um, we'll start launching stuff in August. Because once my tour is up and running, I'm doing the same tour, the live tour. I, I just need to get the swing of it, really, and get into the use of it and everything. But, yeah, we'll, we'll hone in more on the, the murders and the, the desperately awful goings-on and whatnot. But uh, it was an interesting tour. It was an interesting, very much. very much a departure from what I usually talk about. We're normally all about ghosts and such, and we deliberately didn't talk about ghosts this time around. We sort of mixed there it were up a lot a more bit. fluids. There were a lot more fluids involved, yeah. I have no regrets for spraying fluids all over the internet. You, su- you spoiled Sue's lunch. I did. Dinner. Sorry, Sue. Sorry, Sue. That's what I used to do when I, I worked at the Rose Theatre. I would, um, I, would, I would talk about awful despicable goings on and people be sat there like eating a tray of mussels mm. and I'd be like what they did was right they got older the old and they pulled the and that just and all that fell out and oh and they're just like because people going oh no my no. muscles my muscles they've ruined my muscles for me and on that note are we done I think it's the end I think end that's another episode it, three episode three of some deathly banter I hope you've enjoyed it um we've enjoyed it I've enjoyed it yeah it's been lovely I think we're gonna go and um go find something to eat now have a nice little Nice little dinner. Maybe a puffin. Maybe a puffin. Five kilograms. Five puffin. kilograms of meat. I'm game if you are. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely. Right. Goodbye. Because say goodbye, Mrs. Deathly. Good, goodbye. No. Goodbye. No.